listening to the Ed Reach Network. Ed Gamer, episode 86 on Ed Reach. McCall to Arms. This is Ed Gamer for Saturday, January 26, 2013. I'm still having trouble with that, Jerry. 2013. Ed Gamer's part of the EdReach Network, edreach.us, giving education a voice. A big voice. <laughs> Did I do it right? Did I do it okay? It's okay. It's awesome. It's okay. I can mess around with it in, in uh, when I edit. I hope I get another I can make chance. it even I, I bigger. I can do better some other time. It's, we'll, we'll, we'll practice. No, that was good. This show is dedicated to education gaming on any platform. We will give you the education angle on any type of games ranging from tabletops to MMOs. We'll discuss how these games impact student learning and how they can be used effectively within the classroom. I'm Zach. And I'm Jerry. And I'm Jeremiah. Jeremiah, you are now officially a foe. <laughs> <laughs> a friend of Ed Gamer, that is. I don't know. And Jerry's not boycott. a big fan of the foe thing. I, I think I'm boycotting foe. I just don't know what to do about that. Well, I'm glad to be a foe. Yeah, that's good. And because you're normally, you know, since you're a friend of friend of Ed Gamer, we shouldn't have you say who you are. But you know, just in case somebody out there has not started listening to Ed Gamer until this time, who are you? Just in case, I'm Jeremiah McCall. I'm a high school history teacher. Uh, I write on simulation games and history, and I'm part of the Learning Games Network. And Jerry? My name is Jerry. I don't care. I don't care who you are. Really. <laughs> I really don't. No, go ahead. My Jerry. name is Jerry James. I'm the important part of Ed Gamer, and I'm a visual arts teacher in Chambre, Illinois. You definitely are the important part. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Zach Gilbert, and I'm your host. I'm a sixth grade social studies and language arts teacher from Normal, Illinois. We are recording on Wednesday before the Saturday, and it's getting late, and we are getting... I'm going gonna, gonna to change my intro to my name is Jerry James, and I'm the glue that keeps this train wreck together. <laughs> the train Isn't that mixing so, metaphors? I'm not sure. <laughs> something's not right there. The glue that it's, keeps the train together? Uh, okay. <laughs> so after it explodes, he can glue it together. I, I don't, I, yeah, this is, yeah, okay. So, um, it's your world, yeah, guys. Last, I'm, just, I'm just living in it. You, you, you got that right. No. <laughs> um so last week, we had some issues with echoing, and we figured out what it was. And it was all Jerry's fault, by the way. It wasn't Just, uh, my fault. It wasn't on purpose. It wasn't on purpose. No, it, you know, my loud, booming, professional voice yeah, uh, was coming through Jerry's headphones and coming through his microphone. So loud, you can't even... You're, you're recording yourself twice. I know. <laughs> I, I just love hearing my voice, Jerry. Just thought I'd. <laughs> hey, are you doing Game Club this week? I feel there's going to be a lot of dead air in tonight's show. Uh, I'll edit it out. <laughs> uh, I am. I am. I was off Game Club today because we first day of the semester, so it was our usual Game Club day. But we uh, we kids have break to get warmed back up and get kids. We're we're kind of reestablishing which night we want to have Game Club on. So no Game Club today. Okay. And yeah, to warm things back up because it's so frigid. Oh, it's, it's been yeah. very cold. Do you see the pictures <laughs> of completely off topic? Well, I guess it's kind of on topic. The fire? Yeah, isn't that wild? Yeah. The uh, Jeremiah, right. did you see that? No, what fire is this? News. 
down it was it down it was somewhere in chicago yeah it's and, in a bridgeport uh, neighborhood downtown chicago and it's um a warehouse fire gigantic warehouse i guess you could see it from one of the expressways that runs by and they had literally a third of all chicago firefighters on the scene which oh, that's wow. that's more than a couple yeah, and that sounds- uh yeah, yeah the, the pictures were stunning. I mean, you could see the water. It was like it was freezing in air because it was. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I got them yeah, up here now. Wow. Yeah, very cool pictures. Yeah, the building was ice. Oh, I see. Right, right, right. All yeah. the water. That's yeah. Oh, pretty that's crazy. Weird. That's amazing. Pretty crazy. So, hi, Gracie. <laughs> and just embarrassing my daughter. So, do you <laughs> think you, she might want me to edit sick? that out? Huh? Are you still with us? I am. Good. Were you ever with us? No, really not. <laughs> really not. Um, so you, so get no game club this week. I have mine on Friday, and I, I got I have to get these kids signed up for the sit conference because Jerry, we stand for sit. Yeah, we stand for the sit conference, which is uh, what we talked about last week. And we got a lot of kids that are signing up for these Minecraft, uh, the Minecraft contest cool. uh, throughout the conference. Sitcraft. I'm I'm excited. I actually had a meeting today at the the community college where this is being held, Heartland Community College, and they're being very nice, helping us out. And basically, we have uh, one room. We're gonna have two rooms, but one room has 80 computers, another has 48. Wow. And. We're going to split it up, middle school, high school together, and then three through five in the smaller room of 48. And we could fill those up. I mean, that would be awesome during the day of, have 120-some kids. Yeah, yeah. It's They're going to have a build contest. Wow. Uh, so on, like, the same server? It's multiplayer? Or? Well, actually, I think we've decided we're just going to do it offline. Oh, okay. We're, we're going to have them build something. I don't want to give any details away, but we're going to have them build something, and then we'll go around and judge uh, who we feel is, has the best build. And uh, the, so there's really – we'll keep them separate. Uh, I don't see there's any reason for us to be on the same server. I guess it would be easier for us to go around and, and view it and be able to see it. But uh, I think for our first year doing this, I think we're just going to have them offline build and then we'll I'll be sure to take plenty of photos and, and, and get those out there. Yeah, that makes but, sense uh, in a limited amount yeah. of time. It's not like, yeah, the multiplayer is <laughs> not going to get you that much. That makes sense. Right. And then we have, it's individual build. So it, we're going to have um, about an hour total. By the time we get them in there, we set them up, we go over the guidelines, they'll have a half an hour to build, we'll go around and judge, and then we'll give out prizes. So we have to do that all within an hour. Oh, yeah. That's pretty tight. It is, but I, I think, I like I said, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. And uh, we're getting a lot of interest uh, from the students, but I've also gotten some emails and some interest from people that have listened to the podcast and, and said, hey, that's, you know, let us know more about this and how it goes. We'd like to try this uh, within their area. So that's I think that would be, be great. Well, we brought Jeremiah on today. Um, he has some information to share. We've of course, you know, since he's a foe, uh, <clears throat> he's been on the show before and he's talked about the Playful Learning Initiative through Learning Games Network. And, and Jeremiah, you just wanted to share some information because uh, things are really starting to, to roll. Yeah, yeah. We're in a really exciting place with the, the Playful Learning Initiative. So I, I don't want to, you know, bore people by going too much back on what we talked about a few weeks ago. But let me just remind people the 
the Learning Games Network is a nonprofit spinoff from uh, MIT's education uh, branch, and then also the Games Learning and Society Group in, in Madison. Um, and what we're working on now um, have been uh, for quite a while now is this this playful learning initiative, and the idea is a knowledge base, right? So you've got the community aspects and the database aspects, and you know, well, sophisticated we hope to be tracking and tagging, so that we can really share as a community of teachers and learners um, the the best uses of games that are out there. And, and I mean, we, we've all been coming to think of it in, at the Learning Games Group as. Um, a, a movement as much as anything else, you know, really trying to have this this knowledge base um, be the start of, you know, hopefully that grand movement we're all hoping for, right, where where uh, educational gains become mainstream and information flows like honey or wine or whatever it is that flows. It, milk of paradise. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, <laughs> so anyways. Sorry, I, Jerry, did you like that? <laughs> you know. Samuel Coleridge, you know, Xanadu. Yeah, oh, forget it. You know, Go ahead. Sorry, Jeremiah. No, no, it's okay. And I was just thinking, Zach, at some point you ought to uh, tell your audience about your your ancestors and the, what, there was like a basement with, never mind. Anyways. I, yes. Okay. So, <laughs> so um, the, re the reason, uh, and thanks for having me on again, the reason I'm here now is we are really getting to the point where we need your help. So I'm hoping that listeners will, will, uh, send me an email and uh, get involved. Um, at this point, um, we're still going at the same schedule that we were hoping for before. So uh, closed alpha is probably in February. And by closed alpha, we don't mean, oh, no, we won't let you help. We mean it's it's going to be, you know, the, the very first stage. So we're only, you know, we're trying to find people who will help us test it who don't mind that it's going to have uh, kinks to work out and it's not going to be uh, complete yet. So that's, that's in February. Uh, we're going to close beta. I can't remember when that is. I want to say April. What I do know is that we're going with the open beta release at uh, Games Learning and Society in June. And we're really excited about that. And Jerry and I will be there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and Jerry will say hi to me this time. Yes, because, <laughs> you know, he's... It's not very social. You know what? I'm not saying hi to anybody this time. I'm going to go <laughs> sit in a room by myself and enjoy the new Glarus beer. Wait a minute. But, yes. But and I'm after he has a few of those, he'll be wide open to many conversations, I'm, I'm standing sure. Standing on a table without my pants on. Oh, oh hey, I, family show. <laughs> this is not a family show. <laughs> okay. Hey, so, my students listen to this sometimes, so just be careful. So uh, uh, Jerry's, like, <laughs> statements of disrobing notwithstanding. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, I know. Sorry, Mom. I know. I thought this was a quality affair. Uh, <laughs> in all seriousness, though, um, what what we really need is is teachers' help. I mean, this is the whole idea behind this. So we're, uh, you know, I, I'm I, I'm sorry. I was sort of struggling between I'm asking and we're asking both um, for three things. If you're interested at all in being one of our our alpha testers, that'd be great. And basically, what you'd be doing is getting onto the site using the search tools, using the different things we've put together in the early stage and giving us feedback, telling us what works for you, what doesn't work for you. Um, you know, the thing that I've, that I've always been really impressed with with the great people at the Learning Games Network is they really are doing this for teachers. And, you know, I mean, and I've been a career high school teacher at this point, uh, 13 years, you know, it's not the longest, but um, 
I really respect how much uh, effort and energy they put into helping out teachers. So what that means is we need people to, you know, help us, well, not play test, but user test it. So that would be the first thing. If you're, you know, just willing to log on, follow it for a while and, and tell us uh, how it's going and, and what you like and what you don't like. So that would be one way to help. Um, and any of these, you know, I, I'll be grateful for all the help we can get. Um, the next way would be like stake your claim on a game. If there's some particular game that uh, you're really fond of, you've worked with in the classroom, you just happen to like, um, we'd like you to consider maybe, we call it like curating a game, basically. Um, each game is going to have its own resource page in the knowledge base. And what we're looking for then are individuals who want to, again, sort of be the curator for that page. So what that would mean is talking to other teachers as they want to develop uh, lesson plans for your uh, for the game that you're managing, um, you know, helping foster discussion about it. So it would be sort of your pet thing. Like Zach, you've you know kindly agreed to take over Civilization for your baby um, as a curator. So um, you'll be the lead person on that, um, and we're hoping other people will be willing to do that too. It's 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 very exciting, and you know, I'm a little bit behind on that. I had all the intention in the world. Until I got hit with the flu a couple weeks ago. Oh, uh, yeah. So that was uh, that was a lot of fun. I had the weekend all planned out, and I was going to start typing up some stuff. I have some great ideas already started, but it's it's uh, just to let the listeners know that you know my job will be to um, put some basic information out there for those that want to use Civilization Four, and then kind of give them uh, give them some resources so they can look at. The possibility of using Civilization 4 within their classroom, and it's it's what we as teachers make of it. Uh, using you know the playful learning initiative, it's what we make of it that will make this successful. If it's not used, it's it's not going to be successful. But there's so many people out there. We need a place to go, uh, a recognizable, uh, safe environment, something that's trusted. We need a place to go that we can gather information that is going to be relevant, useful, and understandable to educators. Yeah, I mean, that's that's wonderfully said. I mean, that's that's exactly what we're, we're trying to achieve here. And, you know, and, and we use this idea of curator, um, and, and you said it really well right there. I mean, we're going to be collecting everybody's ideas. So it's not like, you know, you're, you're curating Civilization 4 so nobody has any input on that. Quite the contrary, right? We want everybody's opinions on these things. We want them to submit materials, things that have worked for them. Um, th that actually leads me to the third part. Um, the, the third way, um, and, and it's a really big one, is sharing your expertise in a particular game. Um, so, you know, you, you've used Angry Birds for physics. Some people have. You've used Minecraft to build medieval castles. You've used uh, civilization to look at world history, or guts and bolts, whatever. So what we want you to do is be able to share your expertise. Um, what, we're, what we're focusing on is we've got sort of two basic parts of, of a game as far as information. And one sort of the standard uh, information, sort of the stuff that's not really open to interpretation, if you will. You know, how much does this cost on average? Where do you buy this game? What's the ESRB rating? Um, and we're going to ask developers to, you know, help us fill out that stuff um, because it makes sense, right? They've made the games. Why not, you know, put out a little bit of information so that uh, teachers can use them more easily? Um, but what we want from teachers then 
is what we're calling implementation plans right now. And, and we're still fiddling with that term a bit. Um, but basically the idea, right, is, you know, what have you used a game for effectively? How did you set up your class? Um, you know, were, were there was there one kid per machine? Were there five per machine? Were you doing direct instruction ahead of time? Did you have worksheets you used? Did you not? You know, and so going, how did you assess it? So going through all the steps of a successful experience you've had, um, and we've created some forms that that have sort of standardized a little to help guide people along, um, and we've got sort of a set of materials to, to that we're hoping will make it pretty easy uh, to fill out. Not not effortless because you know we're trying to get your experience but we're hoping this is going to be maybe a 30 or a 45 minute task to do an implementation plan i'm excited i i, I really want to make sure that i can put my best foot forward on this and and give useful information to other educators so um it's exciting it's exciting time and jerry was there something that you were going to um were you going to do like uh, Second Life? Were you thinking of trying to do something like that? Um, <clears throat> I'm putting you on the spot, but I mean, you were. I think you had some interest, and that would be something possibly. Yeah, we did. We, I mean, we did Second Life for for a while throughout the school, and we we've now changed it to something just a little bit different because Second Life has quite a hang up with education now. Oh, that's right. I'm yeah. sorry. No, it's um, but we've moved into into similar things um, in the school. Yeah. Oh, that's terrific. Yeah, virtual worlds um, have been, we found, have been really big at the high school level. And uh, kind of something that's been expanding, especially for, um, and, you know, this always works well with with the company here, but with um, with history classes and foreign language classes, virtual worlds have been really strong. Oh, that's great. Yeah, and, and that's, that's the important thing also to remember here, too. I mean, you know, Zach and I obviously have our biases as, as history and social studies teachers. This, this is not a history and social studies teacher initiative. This is for all disciplines. So, you know. Even though that's the most important, we know it's the best. <laughs> but, you know, any other subjects will be taken. Yeah, abs- absolutely. Oh, you, um, because social studies is everything. Just want to let people know that. You, you know, I have that, a similar speech about art. Class. Yes. You have so art, art, art yeah. covers many subjects, not as many social studies, but that's all right. Well, you guys can stake that claim any way you'd like. <laughs> Be my guest. All I'm saying is for all of you out there listening who don't feel like you really care about the art versus social studies thing, um, please Whoa. help Whoa. us. <laughs> he's, he's definitely turning into a foe now. Okay, help us with, history, help us with science. Help us with modern languages. Yeah, no, that's good. Help us good. with mathematics. No, I, th- I think that's we, actually that's a great thing because of in in although, <laughs> I mean, hopefully from my standpoint, um, we'll see swings in the importance of those things. You know, obviously core subjects right now are so so critical and so important in in curriculum and in things like that. So definitely some help in those areas as well. I saw somebody write an article. I should I should have sent it to you because you know the push is STEM. <laughs> you know, was it science? Uh, help me out here. Technology, engineering, engineering and math. And somebody came up with a they had a great article on calling it steam. I mean, he didn't even he, somewhere in the middle there is just to let people know, you know, steam, you know, some people call it STEM. But, you know, that's just weak. <laughs> Basically, that's weak. You're missing out on the arts. There's, a, so, there's actually an enormous push, um, including some people that that blog and contribute to EdReach as well. 
Trisha, our yeah. logo designer. She's big into it, and uh, I run a group through the high she's, school. She's pretty good. Yep. Stem to <laughs> stem to steam because we you know we consider um, the arts the vehicle with which you express stem. Now, see, I'm trying to figure out if this is if we actually had this conversation in in July or whenever it was. But arts doesn't mean history, so I still think there needs to be an H in there, and so it's like Stahim or <laughs> Steham or something How, like that. We could or make the theme, H. right? You could do the TH theme. It's <laughs> it's um, you know, it, the thing is, is that. History covers all those things, Jeremiah. It's it's okay. okay. I, it's it's known. It's the known there, there quantity. Needs, there needs to be a humanities age. Is what there needs to be. Perfect. Call it heat. Oh, there we go. Yeah. I really have Steam, no idea. Heat. Okay, I see where. You... Steam and heat. So we not. <laughs> so there's a link. <laughs> There'll be a okay. link in the notes. Okay. So... Uh, for for playful learning, and you can. Uh, I think you just enter your email address on there, and that goes to uh, Jeremiah and some of the other great people at the Learning Games Network, and they can get in contact with you. Yeah, and on even cutting the even contributing. if you want to skip that step altogether, just send Whoa. me an email directly. Um, we're at the point now where we're really trying to visualize, um, you know, who who's going to uh, want to help us out for this early stage, this alpha stage. So. Okay, so we'll have to add that link in there, Jeremiah. So add that under the Playful Learning link. You can put your email address in there. Oh, it's steamy heat. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Wasn't that Still like a Val this. Kilmer and something? Maybe? <laughs> heat, heat was a great movie. Heat, yes, it was. Oh, That's yeah. Great. Heat was a great movie. What's the Val Kilmer movie where um, he goes to Russia and is with Elizabeth Shue? Oh, The Saint. Uh, the Saint. The Saint. Great movie. Great movie, great movie. And I ran into somebody yesterday. They didn't know what the movie Real Genius. Really? How do you not know the movie Real Genius? <laughs> you don't know the movie, do you, Jerry? No, nope, no idea. What you're Are you kidding about. me? I've heard of it, but I'm trying to remember who's in it. It's the one where he's a uh, a genius, of course, and there's oh, this kid that yeah, like comes to school, and there's the um, uh, Laszlo, the guy that hides in the closet yeah, and yeah. disappears. Mm-hmm. I remember. You've never movie. seen that, Jerry? I'm pretty sure you're making this up. No. Oh my god. You have like to see it. At the time, though. I mean, this is it old. is a classic. Oh, you would love it. It is God. No, I'm just, I'm just Sorry. There's a line in there. Mm-hmm. You Jerry, I'm serious. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, when I come up there for the ice conference, we will watch real genius. Oh, you know, well, I, now I, I'm super excited. I guess I feel like you guys are just baiting me to be goofy and I'm trying really hard not to, but you're now, wearing me down. You know, there's important people that listen to the show, so we we have to keep our same regular sorry Zach selves. Mom. Yeah, sorry. Okay, so I'm gonna if it's okay, I'm gonna move on to the next one because it's I think it's um, I, I I saw this great article that was on MindShift, um, which is I'm trying to think here who is I think that's through, it's through NPR and Dan I guess they interviewed Dan Pink how teachers can sell love of learning to students. This is a great article. There's only a couple things in here that I kind of, not kind of, I do disagree. But overall, um, it's it's awesome. His new book is To Sell as Human. And he kind of gets into that um, teachers sell. You know, they basically sell the idea that their subject is cool and you get him excited about it and you really do he goes he also goes into the dangers of standardization which of course <laughs> i you know thoroughly love there's a great quote in here 
one of the things that I see as an outsider, this is Dan Pink talking, uh, one of the things I see as an outsider is that so much of education policy seems designed for the convenience of adults rather than the education of children. <laughs> I love that line. Standardized testing, totally easy, totally cheap, and scales, convenient for politicians and taxpayers. It's it, it, and finger just pointers, a, yeah. What's that? And finger pointers, yeah, for blame. Yeah, well, you you need to quantify the learning, and when we all know as teachers that learning is so difficult to um, to put to show. You know, we know. I know through my fiber of me as a being where my students are at. Yeah. But showing that as a number is very difficult to do. Yeah, absolutely. I can tell you, this kid is able to read at this level. This kid's able to read at this level. I can do that. And I use data to have that show that to me, but it's not the true picture. And politicians and, and, and sometimes parents and taxpayers and such, that they want um, they want hard numbers, and you can't do it. And so... I love some of the stuff he goes into. He loves um, he loves games that are kind of open, and he mentions Minecraft. <laughs> and he says games have a potential to make, um, he talks about in this, math more relevant and engaging, but he basically the idea that games can be very good when used properly. When used properly. So he goes in, he, he talks about what drives us as, as, as people, you know, which he's, which, Jerry, you've read Drive, haven't you? Right, mm -hmm. right. Yeah, and you guys have read that. So it, I'm telling you now, uh, listeners, you need to go to this link and, and read this article. It is a wonderful article. I'm going to get this book. Uh, I've sent this to some of my administrators, this article, and and uh, they're just – they're all over this. Um, they're all over this. It's just – it's something that needs to be said. We're moving towards a standardization and uh, Dan Pink is making argument that, that that is totally the wrong <laughs> wrong way to go. Yeah, I totally see, wrong. see a lot of scholars making those claims, and I, I see more firepower than ever behind people, you know, understanding the ridiculousness of standardized testing and some of the the government educational movements. But do you think any of it will make a difference? Do you think we could ever be loud enough? Um, Jeremiah, what do you think? Well, before I speak, I, I think that I, the reason I'm pausing is it's a similar issue to the issue of how teachers are certified or anything like that. I think that the problem is if you don't have policy, I, and I'm trying to think through the minds of the people who do this because it's not it's not my particular problem, right? I mean, well, I have to deal with it, but <laughs> but 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 okay. So you create policy because you don't want individuals who are um, not working up to standards as teachers, or maybe don't maybe don't have the right heart to be a teacher, or, or whatever it is. So you create these policies for testing and who gets to do it and stuff like that. But the problem with policies is they're so rigid and they don't admit exceptions that they kind of choke the life out of things. So I don't, but I don't know how you deal with something as big as the educating of what, how many, what are we talking about? Mil there are, must be millions of kids in the school system, right? 
So millions of kids, I don't know how you deal with all that without some kinds of broad policies. So I, I don't know what the solution is. I really don't. I, I think it's going to be a mix. I, I think the push is going to help. I think it's going to, we are moving more towards, especially with some of the Common Core, some of it's ridiculous. I mean, it's just, you know, my wife teaches first grade. She, they took, she's been teaching now, what, 15, 16 years, um, all in, basically all in first grade. She's taught money, which is, you would think would be a key component to first graders. Sure. And understanding of money and, and Common Core money's not in there <laughs> they don't teach money until an older <laughs> grade level it, it, it there's some common sense things that are missing uh it's but there is i think it's nicer for grade levels like mine it's gotten better there's still some craziness there and we're and we're adjusting to it also but application is is key and that's being added and that's that's a step in the right direction I'm still learning, you know, I'm still learning about, I still, we don't have Common Core yet for social studies, so right. I'm just going off of what I use for language arts and what I've seen in math, but application seems to be a key component, but how you test that, that's, that's individualized. You know, it's interesting you say that too, because my understanding is, if, you know, if you take another form of standardization, right, the AP curriculum, I believe U.S. history is one of the first ones on the block to be subject to revision um, uh, in the next, I don't know if it's this year or something like that, because it's, it's traditionally been the most sort of fact-heavy, uh, uh, you know, uh, massive amounts of material heavy of all the AP tests. And, and I gather there's some effort, at least, I don't know how it's going to turn out, to try and make the tests more about critical thinking and less about this whole sort of morass of, of, of uh, facts. So, you know. And that's tough. Yeah. And that's tough. For me, it, it was awesome because I, <laughs> because I geeked out about history. I knew I knew a lot of that stuff. When I had to take the uh, history uh, certification for becoming a teacher, people were freaking out. You know, other history people or people that were trying to take that, whether they're history majors or not, they're freaking out about it. And I'm like. No, this is not. <laughs> bring it on. Right, right. I loved it. That's that's the stuff that I thoroughly enjoyed uh, doing. But it was more memorization. Um, but yeah, applying that, that information is important. So reading something, understanding it. Um, I think in that article it also talks about, yeah, it's great that somebody knows what the Fifth Amendment is. But if you can't explain how it's utilized and what it's used for, what's the point? Well, I think – well, this is probably getting too far afield. But what you're saying there reminds me of – I can't remember who it was. There was somebody recently – I don't know if it was David McCullough. There was some historian who was, who was on the record for being very upset that – and, and I'm paraphrasing here. I, d I don't remember the exact deal. I think it's McCullough. I think I know yeah, where you're going. Keep right, going. but it was something like, I don't know if they were college kids or something like that. But in any event, uh, they did not know that the that the 13 colonies were all based on the East Coast. Right. And and, and how could somebody not know this? And, and I guess, you know, I don't want to be too much of a firebrand here, but I guess my theory is, right, we all privilege certain kinds of knowledge that we have, and we think everybody else is crazy for not having them. Right. But, but, 
but there's a limit to what, right? There's a limit to how much decontextualized information you can possibly have. So I, it's not that I'm saying that's not an important piece of information, but, but, you know, what about all the other information the kid did have about the right. world? And, and this is the thing we're sort of highlighting, and I just it's, don't think that's the way to go. It's changing. <laughs> it, it is drastically changing, considering that we have the the history of the world in the palm of our hands. Right, right. Um, it, it is changing. You know, you needed to know some basic information off the top of your head in order to take that understanding further. Now, if someone asks you, where are the 13 colonies located? I can talk into my iPad, right. which is in, in, well, not using Google, which I love saying that I use, you know, the Google app to on my iPad, but I can talk into there and say uh, a map of the 13 colonies. And I'll see on the map there that, hey, you know what? It's on the east coast of the United States. Well, see, I think that's <clears throat> I think that's also a push towards something we're going to start to value more and more. And I hope we find a way to value it in schools beyond group work, which is um, collaborative intelligence yeah, as, yeah, a, yeah, as opposed yeah. to individual intelligence. Because that's so much of that is lost. You know, the, the rote memorization the day after the test, that individual intelligence is gone. You know, what do you what do you remember? Twenty percent of everything, right? All that stuff. But that collab well, that's collaborative is important in the real world. I mean, that's what we want, right? You don't want to you is. don't want to hire yeah. a brainiac that can't work with people. They're no good to you because all that information is online. Yeah, that's a biggest struggles too that I think teachers have adapting to is that they're no longer full of all the answers. They just have to be able to guide kids to find the answers. But I can find it. I mean, one of my favorite historical persons is Thomas Jefferson. You know, he created a, a spindle, a book spindle, where he could have multiple books at the same time. He could read a chapter at a time and, and switch to the next book. Oh. Or if he didn't know the answer, where would he go? He'd find it in a book. He would love the fact that I could, he could get on a computer or have an iPad and be able to search information. He would, he would just be in awe yeah. that we'd, he, he would have access to, to all of that. It's we're in a changing time, and it's it's difficult for teachers coming growing up in a in one time period to adjust to students that might not know the information but need to learn the skills to to be able to search. And those skills are lacking. I mean, that's something kids need to be better at, and 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 that's something that I think is quite important. Adults have a difficult time. They don't know how to search with Google. Yeah. They don't know how to, you know, search for keywords and, and, and to be able to find answers and find credible answers and resources. Yeah, I think I think and, and you guys are yeah, you're hitting great points there. And I think I think that some teachers are at a loss when it comes to what am I going to teach if I'm not gonna teach content and 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 you know i mean we, we can go around this in circles we all know you have to know something to be able to think about it so it's not like right. it's content free but but yeah more and more right it, all this information is out there and so you really can fruitfully spend time trying to to do more on google searches or how to work with this tutorial yeah. or what to do yeah and jerry you know that memorization of, of information mm -hmm. you, you know it's things are changing yes i could because I enjoy because I enjoy something, I will remember that information. Mm -hmm. Well, that's where the things that you're doing in your classroom, especially with art and digital media, the kids enjoy that. Mm -hmm. They're going to remember what they put together. The activities that I do, the simulations that I do within my classroom are going to help the kids understand 
and know that information because they're going to live it and work through it, whether it's with a group from discussion or debate or it's because they've done something constructively, um, they're going to remember that information better than just, I'm reading a book, I'm regurgitating information. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Okay, so, uh, wow, that... That went somewhere we weren't anticipating, but that's good. That's that's uh, that's why I love this. We can link it back to games this. if you want. It's, it's yeah, distributed yeah, well, intelligence and all. Yeah, yeah. oh, totally. Totally. <laughs> there. I well, speaking it. of a game that is um, coming out, it, it was tweeted all over the place. Um, Electronic Arts announcing SimCity for the classroom. I'm so excited about this. So... This is this is going to be interesting. It's it's you know Steam or I guess Valve, you know, coming up with their education initi initiative and now EA. I think more companies are going to start doing this. Um, I think they realize that this gets them in the classroom, mm -hmm. and uh, it's going to be. It, they just made an announcement. It said it will be able to uh, to design and share lesson plans for. For the game online, students will use the tool to learn important lessons of city planning, environmentalism, and social economics of their sims. Um, so I don't know. It says SimCity EDU is intended for a learning tool for science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. I don't know if we still have to go out and buy the game or are they going to give it to us? Well, I'm guessing... Well, I don't. I shouldn't guess. I'm hoping, right, that it'll be that it'll be free since it's online. But they may charge a subscription. I think they would want to test it first. You know, launch it in classrooms and see what they can actually do with it before they try. And I think they might want to contact the Learning Games Network. Absolutely. And have them help out with this. But it sounds like they're wanting to do their own little sharing of lesson plans and stuff. But you know, you think they would want to work with MIT and such. Yeah, you know, I absolutely. Agree. I don't know. So, so if Electronic Arts, if you're listening, please send me an email. They do, you know, they do all the time. <laughs> yeah, get emails from them all the time. Hey. <laughs> okay, so there's that Why are we one. Laughing? And we believe you, Zach. We really. I, yes, right. Um, of course, with a lot of the um, school shootings and gun violence, you know, Obama had his inauguration, which was. Uh, I'm sure, Jeremiah, you watched because, you know, we're history teachers. Oh, yeah. I didn't get to see all of it, but I saw bits of it, and it was really yeah. very impressive. Um, they, you know, the Obama administration talking about gun violence, and Business Week had it. It's kind of interesting that uh, Bloomberg Business Week put out this article. Uh, I think it just shows how the gaming industry is is, is – it's billions of dollars, so they're they're paying attention to it a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, why Obama didn't go after the video game industry? I guess they, some people were meeting with um, the White House, and they were called in for a meeting, and they were expecting. Uh, it says Vice President Joe Biden was tasked with coming up with recommendations for president, and appeared to be listening to an NRA's call talking about how video games or, or video games could be the problem. So these uh, these executives from the gaming industry came in and they were ready to <laughs> defend their their industry. And I guess they were told that uh, he didn't call intend to call them in and, and to change their business practice. And of course their their grounds are based on the Supreme Court 
uh, decision in 2011 that it's free speech. So I thought that was uh, interesting. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting that it wasn't talked about more. I think, you know, it wasn't brought up more. It's just kind of quietly moved to the side. Mm-hmm. Well, it, 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 it certainly was on the uh, on the video game podcasts. I confess I listen to them regularly. So so the, the game yes. journalists and stuff were talking a fair amount about it. And I don't think we need to... I think we need to talk about that more. I just wanted to share that art, share that article, and put that out there. So, anything else to share with the good of the cause here, guys? No, just thanks for having me on. Thanks for coming it's, on. Yeah, you it's bet. getting it's getting late in your neck of the woods. I say it's <laughs> almost eleven, and I got a class tomorrow. Actually, <laughs> oh, I got boy. five classes tomorrow. But... <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, thank you for listening to this week's Ed Gamer Podcast. Please follow us on edreach.us and also follow all the great podcasts and blog posts on the EdReach Network. Jeremiah, thank you for coming on. Thanks so much, Appreciate guys. it. Have a great week. Happy birthday. What, Jeremy? I don't know. <laughs> okay, you, you had to say it for some reason. Why did you say happy birthday? Because uh, it was the first thing that came to mind. <clears throat> I actually um, am angry. Yeah. I'm angry now after reading the SimCity article. Why? Because I want to know exactly how they're going to get across their STEM curriculum without the gigantic A that created the game. Yeah. What? It's the game no, is an artwork. So how oh, how exactly do you leave out the A for arts when it's the thing that see that's what I said it's the vehicle that gets across STEM. They leave well, it out. Yeah. yeah. And, and why? And, what, and no what's the company's name? Too, yeah. Yeah, exactly. What's the company's name? Electronic Arts. Arts. Yeah. Okay. All right.